0: Hello and welcome to Picard Cast. I'm your host this evening, Rebecca, and I am joined as I always am by my wonderful, amazing, incredible co-host, Brooke.
1: Oh, stop. Just stop.
0: <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get a thesaurus and get more adjectives.
1: for Okay. You, but okay. The,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll start with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Brooke, do you, do you think people who are listening to this are going, wait a mm-hmm. minute, you silly captains, uh, there's no more Picard. What could you possibly be talking about?
1: Well, if if they did that, then they didn't listen to our special announcement that got posted.
0: Jerks. <gasps> listen to the announcements. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> Just like in school. Yes. You have to listen to the announcements in
1: school. Yes. Um absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um so so we'll, we're temporarily going to be called the st- strange new world cast. I don't know. There you go. The Picard
0: slash Strange New World cast. yeah, Strange we... New Picard cast. <laughs> Strange New Picard cast. I love it. <laughs> Strange New Picard cast. So, yeah, we had uh, so much fun with Picard, and uh, Strange New Worlds debuted the same day that the Picard finale debuted. So, kind of a last-minute decision, but Brooke and I decided, you know what, let's keep it going week to week, and we'll cover Strange New Worlds, um, which I am so excited that you wanted to do uh, because I love to talk about Star Trek. And um, I am also extremely happy because we are back to the way it's supposed to be for our episode one. We are joined by our episode one person, Joe Prime. Welcome back once again, Joe Prime.
2: Yes, people are like, oh, now him again. We just heard him on Did the charge just... finale. I know
0: that was the bizarro one, but this is the real one.
2: (laughs) You you get, so I, I'll relate it to Star Trek. So, so is this the best of both worlds? Because it was Picard and now Strange New World. So, you know, it kind of
0: is the best of both worlds, except you didn't have to wait three months (laughs) at
2: the Picard. Oh my God. I still, I still never forgot or could forget being at college. Watching the finale and being on that, that was like the most amazing cliffhanger ever. And I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? Had to wait all damn summer. Mm. I hated that. I know when, if
0: you watched it, if you watched TNG live and you had to wait three months to find out what happened after Riker said fire. Oh um, were they going to kill Picard? I mean, what was going to happen?
1: At least it wasn't 16 years like Doctor Who. <laughs> true. That is
0: very true. <laughs> we didn't have to wait 16 years.
1: But we did have to
0: wait almost 60 years to get a follow-up to the original Star Trek pilot, The Cage. So, of course, Strange New Worlds is the series I was going to be following, Captain Pike. Um, and his crew of the Enterprise. Um, we, um, had a lot of time with Captain Pike in season two of Discovery. So good. I absolutely loved season two of Discovery. It's probably so far my favorite season of that really? show. Really? Yeah, I think it was the best of all the seasons so far. Although I haven't certainly enjoyed all the other ones as well, but thoroughly enjoyed season two a little bit more. Um, and of course, Christopher Pike, a character that was, uh, meant to be the, or, the captain of the enterprise, uh, you know, back in the sixties when Gene Roddenberry first wrote the pilot and, uh, it didn't get picked up the way it was written. And so of course us Trek fans know that he had to revamp and that's how we got Kirk, Spock, McCoy and, and the rest. But, um, we've waited a long time to come back and see Captain Pike's adventures, uh, before he ends up in that insane wheelchair that can only answer yes or no questions, which is, I don't know about that one, <laughs> but it's certainly interesting. Um, yeah, so we are going to dive right in to uh, Star Trek Strange New World. This is season one, episode one, and it is aptly titled strange new worlds. Uh, The synopsis is Captain Christopher Pike comes out of self-imposed exile to rescue an officer gone missing during a secret mission. This episode was written by Akiba Goldsman, Alex Kurtzman and Jenny Lumet, who also are all executive producers on the show. Uh, It was directed by Akiba Goldsman as well. And uh, here's our new cast for the Enterprise. Anson Mount as Captain Christopher Pike. Ethan Peck as Spock, Jess Bush as Christine Chapel, Christina Chong as Lon Nunian Singh, yes, that Noonien Singh, Celia Rose Gooding as Nayota Uhura, Melissa Navia as Lieutenant Erica Ortegas, Babs Olusan Hukun as I practiced that one, Dr. Mm-hmm. Mbenga, Rebecca Romain as Una Chin Riley, uh, Adrian Holmes as Admiral Robert April. We're going to talk a little bit about him as we get into the episode. Gia Sandu as T'Pring, which I was ex- really excited to see this character. And Dan Janot as Sam Kirk. Talk about him a little bit, too. Um, so these are like some legacy characters that we have here. I mean... Real legacy characters that are now being portrayed by completely different actors, of course. Um, and we've got act, characters that were introduced in the animated series that like we never saw again, um, that are now being brought to life. I, I don't know about all of you, but like from when they announced that this was going to be a thing, that this was a show that was going to happen, I was super, super excited. I really, couldn't wait to see what they were going to do with these characters. Was that how both of you felt as well? Or, or what were your sort of, um, I guess, expectations going into
2: this first episode? Let me start with Joe. What,
0: what, what were your expectations going in?
2: Well, obviously, I love season two of Discovery uh, with the introduction of the Enterprise and, and Anson Mount as Captain Pike. You know, as far as this show... I think it was a smart move because I know the the thing that people want to try is let's let's just do the, the original enter you know the, the enterprise that we know, the original series, Kirk and Spock and all that. And the problem is you get compared to the legacy characters, uh, the actors who portrayed them. so mm-hmm. uh, so this this gives you, okay. It's the enterprises, what is it, Rebecca? It's like fifteen years before Kirk or s or a decade I'm, or something, or what is it? I, I
0: I think it's ten to fifteen I think it's about ten ish years before James
2: Kirk takes over. Yeah, so you know so this like it allows what would have happened in the sixties if that pilot was successful and kinda of went that direction instead of where we know it ended up with. So mm-hmm. you it just gives you a just gives you a ton of room to, like explore new characters and I will tell you right off the bat, I actually, I love all of these characters more than I do the characters of Discovery. And I think that's my kind of my issue with Discovery is I'm mm. just not, I just don't like this in one episode. I like every character in the show already and it's got a more lighthearted, uh, tone to it and more of the tone of, of kind of the week to week format, which is what the, the creators wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I was, uh, I was really looking forward to this because I love Anson Mouse. Hell on Wheels, loved sure. that show. Um didn't like him so much in The Inhumans, but he's <laughs> he's awesome. He's, he is. He's he's, he's 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 a he's a great uh he's a great actor. Yes, agreed. What about
0: you Brooke? What were your thoughts? Our expectations going into this series.
1: I mean, honestly, I didn't really have, like, a ton of thoughts because I wasn't big into the original series. And we all know that I still haven't watched Discovery yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew that <laughs> it okay. was supposed to be Christopher Pike. And I do know who Christopher Pike was, not just from the Kelvin universe, but because I had watched the original series with my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. But I was just, I'm going to say this is Rebecca's fault, but I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm like, you know, I think I'll watch I- any Star Trek.
0: <laughs> I'll take full blame for that one. <laughs>
1: yeah, you, know, you know, my Star Wars and my Doctor Who, and now I guess I have Star Trek. <laughs> so, yep. But I was excited to to meet new people and to kind of see how they were gonna how they were gonna make the Enterprise look to sort of be like the old and the new. And I think they did a really good job. Sorry to like just go into something else, but I think they did a good job of. The, having very, like, original series feel, but also having a 2020s feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if you all agree with me on that or not, but, um, yeah. And, um, also, uh, if, uh, if the girl that plays Lieutenant, uh, Ortegas is, uh, single and likes weird little You know, uh, non-binary yet feminine people. She she can give me a call because she's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. No, I I, yeah, I actually uh, i I would support that relationship, and uh, I would uh, yes. If you're listening, uh, could you please uh,
1: call us because Brooke would like to talk to you. Um, (laughs) I. Thank you. Thank you for being my my wing yeah. woman there.
0: I I anytime, absolutely anytime. Um yeah, I uh I have to say as much as I've enjoyed the new Trek that has come out, I've enjoyed Discovery, I've of course enjoyed Picard, uh enjoyed Lower Decks and Star Trek Prodigy, and they're all very different series. That's for sure. Like, you know, Pro- Prodigy absolutely geared toward a younger audience, although I absolutely loved it. Um probably because at heart I'm, like, five years old. And uh, Lower Decks, I think it's such a funny, raunchy take on Star Trek. I love it. Um, but, like, Discovery and Picard are definitely darker, especially Discovery. It's a dark series. And, like, every week there's, like, the universe is going to blow up unless we can fix this thing. And that's the story that they're telling on that show. Um And I have, I've enjoyed all of the seasons, but this felt so different. And it did remind me so much of the original series. And I enjoyed the hell out of this first episode. I mean, not to spoil too much about what we thought, but like, I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I enjoyed a lighthearted take on Star Trek. And this is not me saying New Trek isn't real Star Trek because that's bullshit. But I, this is just a nice, this is a nice taste of things that we used to have while I'm still enjoying the taste of new things that we're getting. And, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, and I think the internet agrees with us because I mean, this thing has gotten like, I don't know if it's still at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it was at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for quite a while. So, I, I, I think people are really enjoying this series so far, with with one episode in. And um, but anyway, let's let's dive in. Let's start breaking it down a little bit. Um,
2: can, I say, can I say something real quick? Of
0: course, no, you cannot <laughs> say anything on a podcast. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> well, Go right ahead. Um, Because you know, right now, and it hasn't been on for you know since COVID, but the the best you know week to week kind of in the vein of the old series Star Trek show is the Orville. Uh, um, and I was not an Orville fan when it started because they started out as just, I'm like, I don't need to have, you know, dick and fart jokes, you know, overlaid with Star Trek. But if you, if anybody hasn't given that show a chance, if you watch it as it progresses, it really, it really is, uh, kind of a, a love letter to that old, you know, the original series. Mm-hmm. And if I was, to, if I was to have anybody to say, I was to give anybody one episode to watch to say, now you watch this and you tell me that this couldn't have been an episode. One of the best episodes of Star Trek is an, is an episode. It's, uh, uh, in, in, I don't know what episode number is the first season, but it's, uh, it's called About a Girl and, uh, the, their, their security officer, so the, the, I guess the, the species is like same sex and the daughter is born a female and mm-hmm. they want to do a, a sex change on it as part of the custom. And it becomes a, a big about what is what, what is the proper what's the moral thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing I'm telling you, it's an amazing, amazing episode with a real bittersweet ending.
1: And I watch okay. that.
2: I, and I don't know if you've ever seen a Rebecca, I, I would. I would highly encourage you to, to to watch the episode because that's that's the kind of stuff that I want in this show and I think we got it, it off to a really good start mm-hmm. with this first episode and um uh, yes there'll there'll be I think uh individual storylines and some long threads but I think at the heart of it it's going to be like I said exploration meeting new species, mm-hmm. and all that and then the the, the perils and things that, that come along with it and we kind of saw that in the in the you know, on this season, on Strange New World type stuff. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be really frank. I am not the biggest Seth MacFarlane fan, and me neither. Um, I'm not I, either. I watched like the first one or two episodes of The Orville when it first came out, season one, and I, and like you, I was like, this is, um, this is not for me, and I don't care for, I, th- I don't care for this, um, and then. But I've also heard people say very similar to what you said. It, it's a love letter to, I mean, and I got that from the first episode that it's a love letter to Star Trek. And, and and Seth MacFarlane has absolutely said that, uh, that he, he wanted to make a Star Trek series and Paramount was like, no, we're not going to give you a Star Trek series. And he was like, all right, I'll make my own show then. And he did. And then, and good for, I mean, in that sense, good for him for doing that. And, and he is a Star Trek fan. He was in Enterprise for a couple episodes. I mean, so he, I get it. It's a, it's a love letter to Star Trek. Um, many have said this very similar to what you're saying. Like, you should really watch it because it really does feel like a Star Trek show. And I, I kind of it's one of those things I think I just have to go back and sort of just kind of push through and watch it. Um, much like I did with with Enterprise. I kind of just finally went and watched it just to say I watched all of Star Trek. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um yeah, I uh, it's not high up on my list, but I I will get to it. I will. I will get to the Orville. I just. Uh, I have to get over the that I don't like Seth MacFarlane thing. <laughs> to be honest.
2: Yeah. Uh, ha-
0: have you watched any of the Orville, Brooke? I'm curious.
1: No. But okay. I. I don't mind Seth MacFarlane. That's okay. Cool. All right. So this episode. It's got a soothing voice. It's. Uh. It's very. It's like. I mean, it's not as good as Joe Stark's jazz voice, but it's you know.
0: Well, I mean, who is you know? Not, not everyone can have you know smooth jazz Joe Stark voice. So, and you should everyone should listen to Starkcast. Our friend Joe Stark, that's his show, Starkcast. And if you hear his voice, you'll you'll get it. Smooth jazz, Joe Stark.
2: <laughs> hey, stoked to be here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not to be confused with our current guest, Joe Prime. He is the first Joe.
2: <laughs> and, what, and, it, and Stark, like I said this before, it, Stark is the reason I'm called Joe Prime because on our my former podcast, he was a guest. And then Jordan was saying, well, Joe, what about this? And I was answering. He goes, no, I meant, you know, sorry. I go, I'm the first Joe. I'm Joe Prime. That's kind of how it started. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: excuse me. So, uh, episode starts off with, like, alarms going off. There's, like, klaxons happening, red alerts happening, and we get a really nice voiceover from Una. Um, she's talking about what First Contact is. She says things like, "It's it's like a dream. It's the stuff of science fiction until it, like, actually happens, and then it's, like, it's this incredible experience, and it's quite poetic, and... And we're hearing voices of people saying it's a UFO. It's not from this planet. We don't know what it is. And then once the camera sort of gets into like, you know, the situation room of, of what's happening, we see that, uh, these are not humans. These are, it's, uh, another race of people and they are being visited by a UFO. Um, so, cause for them, of course, our ships are UFOs. And so this uh sets the tone for the episode. It's gonna be a first contact type situation. Uh and then we're taken right back to Earth to Beer Bear Creek, Bear Creek. That's where my brain is. Bear Creek, Montana, Star 8. And we're so happy to have our star dates back. Yay! Stardate. 1739.12, which is September 27th, 2324 at about 1225 PM. Uh, we see Captain Pike or Christopher Pike because he's sort of like, you know, he's like off duty Pike with his beard and he's watching The Day the Earth Stood Still, one of my favorite science fiction films of all time, uh, while making pancakes. And I'm sorry, but is this not your dream man? i i mean is my dream man watching sci-fi making me pancakes
1: what the heck i mean listen he was all like scraggly like when he went back and like the beard whatever fine beard i like beards they're fine but you know he cuts the hair later on and it's like oh He's like Captain Daddy. I'm just, I, yeah. I'm
0: sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. It's going to be a lot of this this episode. I'm just, I'm That's telling it. you now.
1: Okay. You I, know I, what? I was, we don't have, we don't have Rios anymore. No. To fawn over. Don't.
0: So I have to fawn over somebody.
1: Yeah. I, I told you
2: guys the show he's on. If you want more of him, so.
0: Yes. Yes, you did. You did thank you for th- yeah. Thank you for the heads up on that.
2: Um, but did you did you see? Yes. I was watching some you know uh, truck culture and some other things about this episode, and a Robert Wise directed that the day the earth stood still, and he also directed Star Trek the Motion Picture, so it's kind of a cool yes tie in.
0: You're right. I, I forgot to include that in the notes, but you're absolutely right. It's a nice little sort of nested Easter egg, same director, um, and also too, like the. The scene he's watching, it's toward the end of the movie where um, our main character is giving a speech uh, and he's talking to the people of Earth and he's warning them about their violent ways. Mm-hmm. And, and definitely totally foreshadowing for how this episode's going to go of, uh, you know, a, a sort of a more primitive culture being warned by a more advanced seafaring, not seafaring, spacefaring, mm-hmm. seafaring space culture that their violence is going to be their undoing and and definitely foreshadowing for, for this episode. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So he's had an overnight guest, a Captain Battelle. Uh, They're talking over the pancakes about how the Enterprise is going to be in space dock for like another month, but he is not sure if he's going to go back or not. Um, she wants to know what happened. She wants to know what happened to him to make him this way and he's like can't talk about it. it's classified. And she's like I have a higher classification than you do. Like so in theory she should be able to know like whatever it is and he's just like Mm-mm, not talking. <laughs> and uh, his communicator is beeping and I love that she says that the phone is ringing. And this is like such a niche thing that I love about Star Trek. I love when they use like the old tiny words <laughs> like <laughs> our time. For the for their modern technology, so say the the phone is ringing, and the well, example I thought of,
1: yeah. you know, I mean now it's like oh I've I've got to dial the phone, yes, and that's you you just push fake buttons, yeah,
0: exactly, Honestly. or like if you're sitting in the car and and. You want somebody like to roll up the window or roll down the window. I mean how how many of us make the rolling motion?
1: <laughs> right when that um, doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> my favorite is uh to you still even on streaming and everything to go back, you rewind. Yes. Oh, I have to rewind it. Yes. <laughs> so rewinding. i rewinding.
0: <laughs> I thought of the scene in Star Trek Wrath of Khan where um uh Kirk and um Savick are talking in, in the turbo lift and and she she halts it so they could talk and then when they finally get to their level, McCoy's waiting for the turbo lift, but he says, <laughs> "Who's holding up the damn elevator and i just I love that because it's not really an elevator because turbo lifts can go up and down and sideways, but I just I love it it's such a niche little thing about trek that they do sometimes, and I just absolutely love it um. So uh Battelle tells him that she ships out in the morning, she'll be back in a month. He tells her, You should look me up, I might still be here. And she tells him, I hope that you won't be. And so then we see Pike, he's out uh on his ranch, it looks like, and he's riding his horse and a shuttle uh lands, spooks his poor horse.
2: I love and... I love this kind of stuff too. Like it it reminds me of like when when uh uh, Kirk is, it, is uh, it, climbing Mount, you know, El Capitan, yeah. and, and Spock comes over there. I I love the the out in the nature stuff yes. and the juxtaposition with technology and one hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Well, a lot of people were referencing the scene in in his house with the scene in Star Trek Generations where yes. Kirk is in the kitchen, he's cooking eggs, and Picard comes in, and Kirk's like, oh, you know. I'm going to make things right this time. It's a very similar feeling scene of, you know, sort of Pike in his big, you know, rambling ranch house. He's making his lady some breakfast. And um it definitely has a very similar feel to that scene in uh,
2: Generations. Oh, man. That gener- uh, Generations, that, that opening with Kirk and everything was, like, the best part of the movie. Like, it uh, was, like, being an episode of... Mm-hmm. you know like just get a continuation of the original series movies
0: i loved that 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 was a nice that scene was a nice bridge between the two worlds it, it really was um but uh so here we meet for the first time in the flesh admiral robert april and This is a character that was created for the original series, excuse me, the animated series. He appeared in one episode. He was voiced (laughs) by James Doohan, but he was, in Star Trek canon, the first captain of the Enterprise. So before Kirk, before Pike, we had uh, Robert April. Uh, He was shown one time in the animated series, and uh, now they've brought him to life on on the screen, and the animator who created this character and i'm blanking on his name i'm so sorry he uh tweeted out that he was so tickled pink that they took this character that he created ages and ages ago and brought him to life he said i've been waiting decades to see this character brought to life and i couldn't be more pleased
2: it's awesome and
0: uh, isn't that great that's I, great so excited with the casting, he was excited about the performance, and I thought that was just absolutely great that the creator of the character was so happy about it.
2: Um, it's very smart. It's very smart of the show creators to, you know, kind of dig through this all this canon that is on the outskirts.
1: Well you know? Yeah. And, and,
2: and it's like, how can we? How can we? Like honor that, and but you know, let's bring this character in and do something, you know, fun and new with it instead of just making up. Because, you know, you just make up a character. Who cares? Okay, sure. You know, but I I think I think this is really really smart. Um, you know, they've they've done things like this in in some other series. Like I watch, you know, the CW shows like Arrow and all that. And you know, they you know you know take just periphery characters and names and and integrate them in there. So I think it's really cool, you know, doing Mm -hmm. this on here. And they do it with other characters, too. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, like, as we'll get in when we meet Dr. Mbenga, Dr. Mm -hmm. Mbenga, that character appeared, I think, in only one episode of the original series. Um, And uh, now to see him sort of brought back to life again. So
1: he was, like, a character, that's cool.
0: Yeah, I'd have to double check what episode of the original series he was in. I didn't have time to do as much research as I wanted to. I am very sorry. It's been very crazy at my job. Um, But yeah, he does appear, I believe, in only one episode of the original series. And um, uh, he was played by, of course, I'm blanking on the actor's name, but he was a very very well-known actor at the time. I would go on to do a lot of other things as well. But so exciting to see this character that was just sort of a one-off on the original series come back and be a main cast member. Uh, another sort of deep cut that uh, I just absolutely love. And this episode has a lot of like little Easter eggs and deep cuts like that. Um, so uh, Admiral April is telling Pike they need him for a first contact situation that's gone bad. They've lost the crew that was doing this, and it turns out it's number one. It's Una who was in command of this mission, and he's basically pulling the Enterprise out of Dry Dock early. They have to be ready to go. And he's ordering Pike to report to the Enterprise and and uh, Admiral April again, now he's asking Pike, well, what happened to you? Everybody wants to know what happened to Captain Pike. And Captain Pike is like, it's classified. You know, it's just, I can't talk about it. <laughs> um, I don't know why I made him sound like Batman, but it, I did. And <laughs> uh, Admiral April is like, listen, I know you're unsure if you're going to come back. You can quit on your own time when you come back. But for right now, you have to be on the Enterprise. So Eh, Pike's going to be on the other press Um, I really love this whole opening set piece I love the first contact stuff I love the cabin stuff I love the standing out in the snow stuff I just I absolutely love it I think it was a great opening to the show I think it, it just sets you exactly just started the episode of like here's what you need to know this is the mission this is the guy, this is what's happening, let's go. And I just, I loved it. Right to the point. I absolutely loved it.
1: I was, um, Um, so super excited. Sorry, you just made me think of it, that, um, that we had the, like, you know, the boldly go, we had the whole thing in the, in the credits, the beginning credit sequence, and he did Mm -hmm. the whole thing, and it was, it was great. Because obviously we use that. I love, but it made me so happy. I love happy. that they
0: brought that back. Yes, I love that they brought that back. The 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 five year mission mm-hmm. to you know boldly go where no one has gone mm-hmm. before, explore strange new worlds. Mm-hmm. I I got I got tingles. I got mm-hmm. goosebumps watching. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, it's like watching, it's like mm-hmm. watching the whole series. I got very
1: excited. Yeah. It. <laughs> so I was like okay, yeah, I'll watch this, this is fine. And it gets to, it does the opening credit sequence, and he starts the the monologue, and I'm like, oh. Oh. And I just, yeah. <laughs> and I, and so, oh, I'm just all it. in after that.
0: <laughs> they're saying the thing, yeah. Absolutely. I, I <laughs> love the that thing. they went yeah. back, This said the thing! I, I love that they went back to that, because, uh, I mean, that was I think also, too, like what you were saying, Joe, about this being like a week-to-week show rather than more like how Discovery and Picard have been like an overarching theme, an overarching story over, you know, 10 episodes or whatever. This definitely feels like a week-to-week exploration show. I mean, that's just how they have set it up. You know, every week it's going to be we're coming to this new planet and here's the situation and here's how we got to get out of it. You know, we'll say a bunch of you know techno babble stuff, and mm-hmm. and Spock will say sensors, and and that that that'll be the episode, and and, and I'm gonna love it because
1: I love that stuff. Uh, also, you know, it wouldn't be logical or something like there's you know yes. Spock has a or couple, you a know, couple different a things. You uh, fascinating,
2: fascinating, which we got a
1: fascinating yes. this episode, yes.
0: right? Fascinating.
1: We, we got we got
2: a lot of good uh. uh Stuff with Spock and and you know funny banter, uh, getting thrown off of what he says. Mm-hmm. So oh I, yeah, I yeah. It, there's a, there's two or three things and you know we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh,
0: well, they're they yeah. almost sort of playing him like a like a data, like especially when when he and Pike meet up on the ship and Pike's like, oh, it feels like that was a million years ago, and he's like, actually, it's been. You know, thirteen days, ten hours, five minutes. Yeah. I mean, that—that's a very data thing to do—is rattle it down to the second of how long it's been since something happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they're definitely sort of playing it a little bit like that, which I mean makes sense. Data is almost like the Vulcan of of that TNG cast. Um, so then we go to Vulcan, to Raul where Spock and to Pring are having a dinner with the. I mean, th- th- the banter <laughs> they're having is as flirty as Vulcans get. I mean, query response. <laughs> uh, oh my! I'm I'm, 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 <laughs> just, just,
1: <laughs> I'm giggling more because, raw it just sounds like a sound my dog makes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, wow. sorry, sorry. Go back. go on. But yes, flirty <laughs> like banter. Banter is as far as they get.
0: Yeah, that's about as flirty as they get. Um. They're having dinner. T'Pring pulls out this special necklace. He she asks Spock to marry her. It's the like the anniversary of when they started their courtship. Um, he's like, I'm beginning to think you would never ask me. Um, she puts the necklace on him, and they share a kiss. And the waiter immediately comes over and tells them. You need to do that somewhere else. <laughs> and is that not the most Vulcan thing ever? How dare you show emotion!
1: Get but a like, room, you two.
0: <laughs> like it would be the equivalent of like if he threw her on the table and they <laughs> and they started having
1: sex. <laughs> the apple pull, or whatever. pull the reins
2: <laughs> back there, son. <laughs> yes.
1: I whoa, love whoa, whoa! Weird. We don't like, have any of that kind of thing here.
0: <laughs> yes, this is a family restaurant. What are you doing?
1: Um. No one holds hands. No one s- sits on the same side of the table. If... Yeah. <laughs> they would never. <laughs> like, when you have a couple that sits on the same side of the table and there's no one else across from them, they would never do that. Oh, it no. to they... be. It's like one of those um, things where it's like kids at the school dance have to be, like, three feet apart. They can't touch oh. no, each other. Yeah. That's a blurry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> room for
0: the Holy Spirit, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. So now we're we're at I guess the Prince's place, maybe Spock's place. Uh she tells Spock that there's nothing better out there than what is on Vulcan and he says that she'll have to show him. And uh I do love a sexy Spock. I really do. <laughs> Leonard Dimoyle Ethan Pack, I love a sexy Spock.
1: <laughs> so you just love Spock basically
0: you know what i just love spock yeah. i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it i just love spock and and so did like every other woman in the galaxy apparently <laughs> they just all loved spock yep. and uh they couldn't help them. there's a scene like in one, an original series episode where they meet this this woman on another planet and of course she's like gorgeous and she's barely wearing enough to cover all the wobbly bits and and she says something about um something being a work of art and spock makes this comment of like if you were the work of art madam the museum would never be empty i mean something like that i know i'm totally misquoting the line what and kirk just looks at him like i know and kirk just looks at him like this motherfucker right here <laughs> trying to pull in all the women <laughs> like he can't help himself <laughs> he can't help
1: himself mm-hmm. um well, so, I, you know, the Deep Space Nine episode where they go back in time. It's like, uh, Jadzia, Jadzia's just, she's gorgeous, and she just loves Spock. She was so excited to see him and how he was so much better looking in person than she imagined. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> uh,
0: so then Spock's communicator, uh, beeps, uh, interrupting their amorous evening and uh it's pike calling he asks spock because spock is not wearing a shirt he asks him if he's naked and supreme tells him no but he was about to be and my girl is frustrated i understand girl uh so pike tells him the mission uh, spock accepts immediately saying topring will understand and uh she's like oh i will Will, will I? And uh, she tells him that that should have been a query for her. Um, so, you know, to, to Pring being from the original series, we only saw her in that one episode of A Mock Time. And, you know, Spock shows up, it's Pon Far. You know, the idea is that they're going to get married and because and, they've been betrothed all this time. She stops it, of course, in that episode. So I like that here they brought her in early. I like that they're giving her like some ownership, basically putting boundaries on Spock of like, I'm not going to, you know, and she even tells him, like, I'm not going to chase you across the galaxy just for a marriage. I'm not going to sit here on Vulcan and wait for you to show up every seven years because, right. you know, you got a boner and you're ready to go. Like, that that's not that's not who I am. And that's not what I'm going to do. And, uh yeah, I I love that for this character. I I really do.
2: Yeah, it's uh you know, when you think of Spock, you think of someone being emotionless, which he's not, he's half human. So they just express it a different way. So kind of showing this and showing the and this is where we're getting as we see from this episode, you know, some backstory on a bunch of these characters which will come into play you know, through the season, because again, if we're going to do the alien of the week, the planet of the week, but they're going to integrate something with each of these characters and their storylines. So mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a really good scene. And I just, I think it's, I think it's funny. I I like how it was, how it was written and the, just the deadpan, you know, acting of the dialogue back and forth is perfect Vulcan. Oh yeah. I mean, like,
0: this is about as heated as an argument's gonna get for two Vulcans, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so Pike is now en route to the Enterprise, and he is on shuttle Stamets, which so cool they named a shuttle for Paul Stamets from Discovery. Um, and you know what? He uh, he would have been pretty proud of that if he knew that there was a shuttle named after him. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, he's, he's reading a pad about, uh, Lahn and it talks about, um, the Gorn. Super exciting for me. I <laughs> hope we see some Gorn in this show because I, uh, we got, we got, you know, in the original series, we got a guy in a suit, which it was an obvious suit. I and mean, then on Enterprise, we got some weird CGI velociraptor looking
2: thing. <laughs> I, I, like didn't, I didn't re, I, I didn't realize that that's the only two times they've been shown. That's it. I I thought, for whatever reason, I thought it was, you know, maybe a half a dozen times. So I'm interested to see if, I'm sure that's going to come into play because when we learn about Lon's history. So I'm Uh I'm sure the Gorn are going to come into play this season.
0: I hope so. I would like to see, like, a nice, a good take on the Gorn. Like, I'd like to see.
1: I thought you were going to say a nice Gorn.
0: I'd like to see a nice Gorn. Can you just be a nice Gorn? Be a and be a nice Gorn. So Pike gets gets aboard the Enterprise, and Spock is briefing him about the ship. He tells him that uh, Lieutenant Kirk will be joining them after they complete this mission. And I love that they plant that little Lieutenant Kirk here because mm-hmm. immediately you go, it's James Tiberius Kirk. That's who's coming on board the ship. And uh spoilers for the end of the episode, it's not. It is not James Kirk. And we'll talk about him a little bit later, but I love that they sort of just dropped Lieutenant Kirk and you immediately think, you know who it is and it's totally not. Cause I was like, Oh really? Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And then I do like that we have this scene here. We were talking about this a little bit earlier of like Spock and um, Pike talking about the loss of Michael from this discovery. And of course this is like the super secret classified thing that no one can ever talk about. But, between the two of them, they can sort of share that experience, because you know we know how it we we yeah. know of course, they go off through this wormhole three thousand years in the future or whatever, and you know Pike and Spock and them they're they're not going to see them again, and uh you know Spock is you know it's heavy on him, the loss of his sister, and uh I like that they just sort so- of
1: is she Very early on. is she his actual sister i since i haven't watched it i didn't know no they're not
0: blood related they wrote the character michael burnham that she was adopted at a young age by sarek spock's father oh. and that her and spock were about were, were, were close in age
1: yeah okay and there's a yeah, whole so backstory of how
2: yeah they, they, they basically grew up together so they would know no different that you know, she was adopted. Well, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was, uh, but, but like you said, Rebecca, I really like this because, it, you know, it gives you some context as far as like, they can only talk about it in secret because of the events of discovery because it's super classified, but it's also, and it's very smart what they did anyway with discovery with that because people would say, well, then, why did no one ever talk about Discovery and why on the show? And so it was a really good way to retcon this kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: And I also like that they, they bring up the elephant in the room right away. Right. Like they, they bring up Michael Burnham immediately because it's like, we know that the series exists because of Discovery. So if you're not going to acknowledge that, right away i think that's a mistake like you can't like you can't never acknowledge it i like that they acknowledge it very early on in the episode about the events of discovery and actually this whole episode yes. is like based exactly. on events of exactly. Discovery. um but i do enjoy right away let's talk about it michael burnham and um how how they lost her uh, so they get to the bridge. Uh, we meet Lon Noonian Singh, who is their security officer. She's a temporary number one. We meet the new communications cadet. Uh, it's, and it's Uhura, which is exciting to see her so young in her career, right? As a cadet. And, um, Pike says that she's a prodigy, which I, I enjoy.
1: I, um, I, I have a question. Okay, so yeah. Lon is a Nunian Singh. So what is her what is the relationship with Khan? Cuz Khan that has to do with Khan, right? I
0: think they've just said that she's a she's a, a
1: descendant of Khan.
0: I don't think and Joe, de- definitely jump in if if you know something I don't, but like I think I think they've just said that she's a descendant of Khan Nunian Singh. but that not not like saying specifically like a grandfather or a great-grandfather. I mean, Did they say anything? I don't
2: remember them saying anything.
0: No, <laughs> I don't either.
2: I think it's meant to for us. They say the name, and we're like, "Oh shit, what's going to be the tie-in? What's going to happen?" You know. So, I, so I think that's again part of what's going to happen in some story arc coming mm-hmm. up with her. So.
0: And 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 later on, they they do talk about, like, they do mention the eugenics wars, right? And which we know that the Khan was part of that, mm-hmm. and that we know at this point in time in in the Star Trek. Universe, Khan and his crew are frozen on the Botany Bay, or they're, they're in, in like cryo sleep or whatever, and they're floating around space in the Botany Bay. Kirk isn't captain the Enterprise yet to discover them. They're still in, in like cryogenic sleep, which would be interesting if somehow they could tie that in. I don't know. I would, I would enjoy that, Mm -hmm. to be honest. I would enjoy little tie in.
2: Did you get, did you get the impression? Well, of course we get later. She doesn't want to take the sedative, but you know when the shield's up and everything happens coming up here shortly, so does she have some type of extra sense or is it her brain power or something she, she can figure out things faster because she's there's something above you know more not normal about her so i but i Do
1: you think like she's got I guess because she's uh descended. From him, that she's got some of that, like super soldier yeah, serum. Pretty much,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. In, a, in in a, in, a, in a not for a better word, but yeah, that she's enhanced. Yeah, I guess. Um,
1: I I think it's cool that we've got this, and we just finished Picard, and we had Adam Sung, who, you know his his work is what you know all of that. It, it sort of ties together <laughs> in a weird mm-hmm. way. Oh no, I mean
0: what? I mean the. The file was called Project Khan. I mean, it's like,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> no, right? but it's like I mean, the one that we went from the future to the past, and the past was still the past to this, but this is the past to that future. Y- you know, that's yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's a little tiny whiny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, I I definitely think she's got some of those enhanced genes. Uh, you know, Con talked about that a lot, right? Like they were enhanced. Uh, beings you know super brain power we saw what he could do like he could read like tons of material very quickly he could absorb it all he was very quick on his feet he was always planning one step ahead and i feel like between sort of like having those super soldier serum genes and then also like being a survivor of what she has survived i think it's she's almost like a tasha Yar uh type character of like having survived such terrible things Oh yeah. It it's made her expect the worst and so I think that that makes her think a step ahead.
1: I hope she doesn't get killed by it. A tar-, a tar monster.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's hope there's no tar monsters that show up and kill her. Uh, we don't have a good track record with those
2: guys. Yeah, uh-huh. that's that, that. Terrible. Is some of the best original series, uh Tos type special effects. Is this oh is oh Trash god. bag. <laughs> oh my god. Good lord.
0: You know the stuff that they use too, like. I forget what they used exactly, but it was like a weird mixture of a bunch of stuff, of course, to give that effect of like the tar. And like the poor guy in the costume, the costume weighed so much with, when it was wet, he was like on an elevator that would like put him up and down, like when Armus would come up and go down in the water. And the poor guy, the stuff was like, it got everywhere. I, I, I poor actor. I feel so bad for him in the suit. So, uh, okay. So we met Lon, Nuni, and Singh. Then we get this really, and I never get tired of this. I We get a great shot of the Enterprise leaving space dock. It's oh just man. always, I mean, come on. It's just always beautiful. Enterprise is coming out of that space dock, you know, slowly impulse engines out. And then as soon as they're clear, warp away. Oh my God. I love, I love the Enterprise. and I love this Enterprise. It's just so good. Pike on the bridge is seeing, and I have to admit, like, I found it a little bit silly. I kind of giggled a little bit that he would, he was seeing his, his disfigured face in like the reflective surface. And they used it so many times in this episode that I was like, found it funny at a certain point, even (laughs) though it's like, he's like plagued with visions of his own death. And I'm like, ha ha ha, that's hilarious. But it just, it just was a little bit overused for me. But, he, yeah, he's seeing
2: the visions of his disfigured face. It, it's, like be, it's like being – it's like driving and then being behind the car. Remember with the station wagon with the kids, like, that would face used to face towards you, you know, with that yeah. backseat. And it would make faces at you.
1: Yeah. Or, like, behind a school bus and the kids turn yes. around and do that to you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: So this, like, kind of shakes him up and he's like, and also, he makes a ship-wide announcement. He talks about how Una's ship is the USS Archer, which another cute little Easter egg for Jonathan Archer of Enterprise. And he dresses the crew, and he, like, gives, like, this very odd announcement of, like, no one's going to die. This is not going to be anyone's last <laughs> You can't day. say that. You cannot and like, say that. First of all, you're in fucking space, dude. You can die any second. Don't even say
1: that. <laughs> Joe is mad because he's, he thinks you're putting words into Pike's mouth, but, you know, you're just paraphrasing. <laughs> it's such a
0: weird announcement, though, right? He's like, he's like, we're going to go on this mission, and no
1: one's going to die. It's not going to be anybody's last day. We're going to have fun out there. Uh You know, no one's going to get killed.
2: <laughs> no one's going to die yeah. from
1: some sort of weird disease because uh, we're not supposed to go close to people. <laughs> There could be a coolant leak. You don't know. It's space, and you're in a tube,
0: hurtling through space at incredible speeds. Anything terrible could happen to you. So I, he also, I don't. He
2: also know. talked about make sure everybody turns in their TPS reports, and Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaiian Shirt Day. I love it. That is hilarious. It's like, uh, I'm gonna need you to come in on Saturday.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm going to need you to cover the transporter shift on Saturday, okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, Of course, I've got Star Wars reference. Um, In The Mandalorian, they say something about doing TPS reports in one of the (laughs) episodes, and I'm like, I love this so much. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Uh, So,
0: Pike is so shaken up by the image and the the reflective thing. Uh, He goes to his quarters. And where he has another vision uh, in a reflective surface about (laughs) his future. Spock comes in to check on him, and Pike offers him some Saurian brandy. And I thought, should you really be drinking while you're on duty? I'm pretty sure you are breaking some kind of a Starfleet code here. There's
1: probably still real
0: alcohol then, I guess. Well, it's Saurian brandy. It's definitely real alcohol.
1: Well, I mean, there could have been a a synthol version, right? I don't think they,
2: that was until next generation. Yeah,
1: that, n- next generation. That's what I was wanting to- the to- Hall.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, back on the original series, they 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 were drinking the drinks. They there was no synthol. <laughs> <Sit> <Hall. laughs>
1: like those uh, weird looking uh, Klingons in the in the bar. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and Worf is like, we don't talk about it with outsiders. <laughs> um, so. Bach is basically commenting to Pike that, like, ever since he was on the Klingon Moon of Boris, he's, like, a different person. And he's like, you know, there's only, like, two things that that moon is known for. Either, like, this, this, like, temple sanctuary thing, or this, this other thing that shows you terrible things about the future. And Pike is like, yeah, well, it wasn't the church thing. It was the other thing. And, uh, he said he saw a vision of his own death, or the death of the man that he is now. And that it's gonna happen in about a decade. And he tells Spock basically it's making him second guess every, every move, every decision he makes. He's second guessing himself and he doesn't really know what to do with this information that he has been given of his own death and when it will happen. And, uh, he sees yet another vision of himself and he sees himself in the wheelchair. And I get it. They they need to establish this stuff because if you didn't – maybe you don't remember that from Discovery or maybe you didn't watch all of Discovery. You may not realize, that, you know, this is what happened and all that. But, yeah, he's basically plagued by these visions. He cannot stop thinking about it. I mean, probably I couldn't either if, if, I, if I had a vision of my own death and I knew when it would happen and how it would happen. I'm sure I'd probably feel the same way too. But, yeah, it's really – Affecting like his every decision that he makes in his life, which is not good for a captain of a starship, obviously.
2: Yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to rewatch that episode, um, of Discovery just to kind mm-hmm. of as a refresher and, you know, where he was, he, he, he you know, beamed down to the Borath and he, he had to acquire the time crystal and basically you had to, he, he told him it would have, you know, some type of vision. And right. He, he basically, since he needed the crystal, the, the 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 curator there said, you know, you can choose to walk away from this future, but if you take the crystal, your fate will be forever sealed. There's no escaping it. And mm-hmm. he was like, you know, this is more important than me. So, so he made the decision. You know, so now he thinks his fate is sealed. And sure, he, he did. Uh, Rebecca on that episode, he did have another vision of of. That
1: Whole thing, so <laughs> if you want to see he has it again,
0: a lot of visions, yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of visions.
1: This guy, I, mean, I since I didn't see that, so uh, yeah, of course. Um, so he gets a time stone from K- Kronos, is that right? Chronophob- or is it not? Okay, yeah.
2: yeah, it was, it was, it's a um, was it just a, like a, a continent on the planet? Oh, okay. It's like it was like I, a temp. like a temple. Is it their
1: planet called?
0: Kronos their, their, their home world is called home. Kronos but yeah but they but, but they have like a ton of moons and okay. stuff that they're yeah. like also yeah. colonized gotcha. and and they that like Klingons live on and stuff so I was just yeah.
1: excited cuz time and Kron- anyway Kronos Yeah I know I yeah exactly with the with the way
0: yeah it's it's written Kronos but it, they they pronounce it Kronos which is like you know the like the Greek god and all that but yeah
2: um did we see? I'm trying to remember the scene. I don't know if it's in the notes, Rebecca, where they had the whole star chart up there, and there's just a shit ton of Easter eggs in there. Yeah, yeah, that, just... that's
0: coming up. Um, okay. I I wrote down what I could make out, but I, I definitely want to hear it or see if you you caught more than I did, which you, you probably did. Um. So now we uh, Enterprise arrives at Kylo two seven nine and uh they found the archer but there's no response to hails there's no life science there's no bodies on board and there were only three people on this <laughs> ship which i was like that is weird for a first contact situation you send three people like and then
2: they, and they all beam down and, w- and you just put it on you do like an airplane do you inflate the autopilot you know the- yeah I, I was like this is you're telling me
0: you sent a whole ship out there and you put three people? They they put four people on a shuttlecraft to run all the stuff. I mean, come on. couldn't. Everybody was busy. Everyone already had put in for time off. Like, where? where you couldn't find more people? It's a little weird. But there's three people on the ship and they've all been down. And I do love how the Enterprise basically is just, they only ever talk about Una. Like, there were two other people with her. But they don't really care about them. They just want to find Una. And I just was kind of laughing about it. These sort of nameless crew people who were with her, they might as well have been red shirts.
1: Mm-hmm. Who I, were just along for the ride. I totally noticed that too. I'm like, w- what about these other people? <laughs> ah, fuck those other people. We only want to find this one. If we find the other ones,
0: okay. But that, we, we're not really worried about them.
1: <laughs> they better be with her because we're not looking any harder.
0: Exactly. If, if they're one room over, screw them. We're going. I... <laughs> um so uh they pick up her life signs they're on the planet's surface but shielded by something they can't figure it out um we do have that scene where lon tells them to raise the deflector shield like an instant before they launch ships to come and like shoot at them she had that instinct and definitely i think we talked about you know kind of probably a combination of a lot of things but I, I think definitely those, those like super soldier genes had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um Spock is able to determine that they are like a century away from having warp drive. Like they shouldn't even be close to having a warp drive, but they have a warp signature on the ship. And, uh, you know, even the, the weapons that they're firing, you know, Pike says, these are like 21st century weapons. Like where did they get, how do they have a warp engine? And Spock, tells him, uh, it is not a warp drive, it is a warp bomb, which uh, sounds terrible. (laughs) I did not even know you could do that. Um, But they have a warp bomb. So, in the conference room, uh, Spock is talking about how, and this is so Vulcan, how the (laughs) Vulcans invented first contact. And Pike's like, yeah, and you never let us fucking forget it. Thank you so much. And it is so true to character of the vulcans and enterprise right
1: who were just always such jerks <laughs> and oh, they were always so superior you you invented just coming uh coming to this planet and happening happening to like <laughs> talk to people come on <laughs> you invented Scaring a child on in the come on
0: <laughs> i love it vulcans invented first contact. i mean Spock, I mean, I mean, the Vulcans are like, you know, that person who always like one ups you like, oh, look, yeah. I discovered this brand new molecule. Oh, really? I discovered an entire,
2: you know, genome strain like,
0: oh, oh OK, thanks for getting my thunder. <laughs> well,
2: so they, they and they get into it. Uh-huh. Like, if you want if you want expedition on first, you know, Vulcans, first contact in humans is like that's Enterprise for a season is just. Oh, yeah. Hey, just just the Vulcans, just they don't want. They don't want us on a ship. They don't want us exploring. They don't. It, it's just, it's it's really good as far as the, mm-hmm. the 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 conflict between humans and Vulcans on that show.
0: I have to say, when I when I finally did sit down and watch Enterprise, I was shocked at, at the in the first season of how Vulcans were portrayed because I was so used to seeing Vulcans shown a certain way, and now.
1: You mean a sexy Spock certain way?
0: You know, I, I'm used to my sexy Spock Vulcan, and instead we're getting, like, you know, douchebag Vulcan. And I was like, what is this? But, yeah, they really had no confidence in our ability to go out into space and explore stuff.
2: They're probably like, oh, they're probably going to blow themselves up. They're idiots. Their very first contact was with us, correct? Yeah. I, think, I think we were – were we the very first civilization they did first contact with or no? I
0: – I think so,
2: okay, and then so you get the, you you basically get the this the the, the storyline or the, their thoughts that like when that happened, we've progressed much faster than they thought we should because we're just humans, so they were always trying to kind of hold us back, saying you're really not ready for what's out there type thing, and mm-hmm. uh you can, if you're gonna now if you're gonna go you're gonna have you know, one of our uh, one of our uh, you know officers on there to basically back channel, you know, and report to us about what you're doing. So it's a really cool it's a really cool dynamic. I really like it. I li- really like Enterprise. I like, mm-hmm. and uh, it it uh, it it's it's just good that that gets in that conflict because you're right. They they're portrayed as real. Like you fucking can't do anything on your yeah. You're exactly. not
1: ready for this stuff. I mean, exactly. they did They did first show up, like, in the 20th century. You know, they were like... True. They were, you know, they were taking a look at these mid-century modern houses, and then they're like, why is it that 30 years later people are wanting to do that again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I like that kind of style, but, you know, I was just... Through, some of them were maybe there through the 70s, I guess, after, you know, spoilers. We watched Picard and the... The faux molder.
2: They determined we were ready for First Contact when everyone wants an open concept floor plan. Like, now they're ready. (laughs) Now they understand. Now they're
1: ready. When it has good sight lines, that's when they're ready. Oh, my God. That
2: is hilarious. I still want want to watch one of those shows where somebody comes in and is like, I want more walls. I want this to look like a maze. (laughs) Can you imagine?
1: I did Um, see one where someone said they liked walls, uh, but... Yeah, not not like
0: that. This is the scene where you were just asking about Joe. Where there's a star map of all the worlds in the area and the sector that ha- are work capable, and they are already Federation members, or they are in the process of joining. So I was able to pick out Trill, Babel, and Wolf three five nine, which is not really a planet, it's a star, but like
2: yeah. those are all
0: sort of Star Trekky things. Um, did you? I'm sure you, you you probably grabbed more.
2: Yeah. Oh, so if you, if you watch that. T- uh Trek Culture video. I mean they they, he listed everyone. I didn't know there were that many on there. It's not like he was listing them off for a minute. But Raisa was on there, Trill, Cardassia, Bajor. Oh, Uh, I missed all of those. Oh my goodness. uh, another one from Next Generation episode is was that Cole Caroline Five was another one. Um, And that's that's the ones but there's there's like there's like five or six more that are just beautiful Easter eggs from all the different shows.
1: Nice. I I wasn't paying enough attention to it so I didn't notice, but I I'm glad Wolf 359 is on there because you know next to the Galondin core that's the next thing <laughs> <laughs> right? No.
0: Galondin core. I'm not going to lie when I paused it to look at the screen closer, I was looking for Galondin core, but it was the wrong sector. It wasn't there. But I wouldn't giggle if if, if core was there. Uh so basically they're 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 talking it out and they realize that Una may not have known that the warp signature sheet that was picked up was a weapon and not an engine. So it looks like they beamed down thinking, oh, this is a warp capable society. Let's go say hi and instead uh, it's a bomb and uh things did not go well, clearly.
2: Yeah, because so, they said didn't they say the Enterprise's sensors that, that they that were upfitted? In space they dock. Just, that's, yeah. that's how they, that's how they can figure out that this is a bomb versus the archer couldn't. Exactly. Um,
0: yeah, that, that's the only reason why they were able to figure it out because their sensors have been upgraded and, and all that. Um, so Pike's like, we, we've, we've got to find out how they got this advanced tech because clearly they shouldn't really have this yet. And so they decide to go to Sipe. And there we meet Dr. Mbenga uh who sounds like he's from Wakanda I don't mean to be disrespectful but he sounded a lot like Chadwick Boseman's accent that he did for the Black Panther films
1: I appreciate uh, that though because Chadwick Boseman tried to make his accent uh the least colonized as possible so. Yes exactly that
0: that is a great point so I I uh, yeah, that, that but that's my first thought. I'm like, it sounds like it's from Wakanda, which was just made me laugh. Uh we meet nurse Christine Chapel. Uh Christine Chapel and she's like there as like an expert on like genetics and DNA and all that. So she tells them that uh, she's going to temporarily alter their DNA so that they can basically pass for local people. Um And I love that La'an is trying to play down what she's doing of like, oh, so you make disguises and nurse chapel's like, and you just, you know, in charge of a rocket ship. I can, I can do this too. Like I enjoyed that little banter between them that she wouldn't let La'an minimize what she was doing. Cause she was definitely more than making disguises. Right.
1: I, I really liked, um, chapels costume like there were some people who you know their their uniforms sort of looked like that but hers was all you know hers was white and i just thought hers looked the coolest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway you know i have to i have to talk about costumes <laughs> of course
0: <laughs> um so she tells spock so there, she's going to give them a sedative and then she's going to give them this other shot which is going to alter their their dna and she's giving him the sedative because she's saying it's going to be really painful and she tells spock that this shot's not going to last as long on him because his vulcan human dna is different and it's not going to be as long lasting etc and then um laon actually refuses the sedative she says she wants to be alert for the procedure and you know, Christine is like, uh, did you not hear that this is gonna be very painful? And and you know, Pike tries to reason with her and she's like, I wanna be alert, and she's like, People survive things. And I love this line. Pike says to her, Well, there's survive that there's surviving and then there's living. And I thought they gave Ansimo Mount such great lines to deliver here, some really great little nuggets that he was just dropping down. And and it's so true. Like, yes, you can survive a lot of terrible things, but there's surviving and then there's living and they're two different things. And I really appreciated that line a lot. And, you know, he's basically trying to tell on, like, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. Like, we all know you're tough. you're you're, you're clearly a tough person. You clearly know what you're doing. It's okay to just take the sedative. And she's basically like, unless, you know, you're giving me a direct order, I'm not going to take it. And she just takes the genetic therapy and you could see it. Like it instantly starts to change her face and you could see she's in pain. Like that Mm -hmm. has to be super painful. I mean, we saw how Spock reacted later on
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) with with his stuff. I did like uh the very very beginning of the scene uh where Pike comes in is like Doc please dispense some wisdom he's like <laughs> never get the house dressing and you, oh, just, you realize I... that they're friends like they they have you know they're that they have a relationship you know prior to this so just really good acting and and cool you know a little fun line mhm
0: mhm yeah yeah great yeah i love that they yeah they they're clearly already friends i, I enjoyed that very much Um, so, uh, Pike, Spock, and Lon, they get transformed. They're going to beam down to the planet. Um, I thought it was pretty cool how, like, the transporter apparently is going to not only beam down, beam them down, but it's going to beam them, like, into local clothing, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and, uh, it was going to beam down a tricorder for them. I love how Captain Pikes tells him, just don't lose my socks. I thought that was adorable. It's this cute little line. Um, and I love the shot. We get this really neat 360 degree view of, of the transporter pad. And I just, I really enjoyed that. They kind of went like, it's like they went behind it and all around mm-hmm. it. You could see the whole thing. I loved that as it like, as they dematerialized, um, from the, from the enterprise.
1: Yeah. It was uh, a really so, cool shot. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I loved it. Uh, so down on the planet, um, Spock for some reason has shorts. I, I, I wasn't like, was he going to school? I, I, it was an interesting choice. It was just he's very like, funny.
1: He's like, where are my pants? Where are my captain? Where are my pants? And, I just... <laughs> and I'm and like, got... what? And then they show, and he's got the shorts, and I'm like, oh. And he's
0: got like those. He high, like he looked like a schoolboy from like the 1940s. It was very strange. These <laughs> people, what the, are you? Fashion are choices. you
1: besmirching Angus Young? I, I would never. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so uh, they beam down in an alley. I love it that Pike's like, "Why is it always an alley?" And that is so
1: true. It's such, they're always.
0: I'm gonna put you down somewhere there's no people, and it's some little alley you know, in the corner somewhere they get beat down. Listen, Pikey, you don't
1: want to end up face first on a fire escape. No, not exactly. (laughs) Poor Rios. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh,
0: So they, they come out like sort of into this main square and there's a big TV screen and it's showing, you know, there's protesting on this planet, civil unrest, they're against the government. And uh I mean clearly like they're in the midst of like a big upheaval within their society. And uh, Pike asks Spock if he's familiar with the United States as it kind of reminds him of our history. And Spock references our two Civil Wars, so there's something to look forward to, everybody. A second <laughs> Civil War. Um <laughs> can't wait. Uh I love that we see Lon has like a classic tricorder from the original series. I mean, down to like the little spinny stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Oh my God. I loved it. <laughs> I love that old style tricorder. It's so good. It reminds me also of like the episode, the uh, trouble, um no trials and tribulations where they go back in time. And, and Jadzia is like, oh, I love 23rd century. Yeah. <laughs> <tech." And> mm-hmm. <laughs> I do too, <laughs> Um <laughs> So, um, they, she figures out where the, the building is they have to get into, where the warp signature is. And, um, as they're sort of coming up there, these two scientists come out of the building. I love how she's like, permission to act quickly. And he's like, granted. Well, he knew she had a plan. And, uh, she, <laughs> she basically does, you know, she does get help. Like she, she does like from the Marvel movie. She does get help. And <laughs> I didn't think of it like that, but you know, yes. She's like, oh, oh no, I honey, I'm so sick. I need my medicine. It's over there. And and they're they're trying to help her. I mean, they're not bad guys. They are trying to genuinely help this person that they think is in distress. And um, I love that she's she's going, his neck, his neck, and she's doing the pinching <laughs> behind her back. And, and, and they're like, what? Yeah. And even Kirk and, uh, Kirk, no. and even Pike and Spock are like,
2: what? <laughs> did, it remind, did it remind you, again, this is just a stupid reference, thinking of old movies, but you know, in, in airplane when they're doing the disco dancing and the one guy gets stabbed and he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's pointing to his back and they think they're trying to do a dance move, so they're mimicking moving the arms yeah. up and down.
1: Oh. Yes, I do remember that. I love that you've had two airplane references and we're not even halfway. Through. Oh, wow. I know. I, I, I
2: didn't know. even realize that. That's awesome. Maybe we'll
1: have a because airplane. I'm still I'm I'm still giggling inside about the autopilot <laughs> in the starship the for, the, for the ship. He's gonna he's gonna just fly the
0: ship around for them until they get back.
1: Yeah. So instead of little like blue hat and blue shirt or jacket looking. Yes. Painted on him. He's got like their, their uniform looking thing on.
0: So Lon says, well, Av- well, Spock comes in, gives him the Vulcan neck pinch, and he's like, Oh, we were fortunate that like their physiology allowed me to do that. And she was like, Well, yeah, it's fortunate you finally took a fucking hint. Like, <laughs> I love that she's like, Get with it, man. Like, <laughs> we're, we're rolling on our feet here. Um, she says that they should beam them up to the enterprise, keep them sedated, and then, you know, then they can like replicate uniforms and badges and all kinds of things to get them into the building. So they're like, sure, let let's do that. So they do they have the the, the two scientists up in Sick Bay. They're under sedation. Nurse Chapel is telling Dr. Mbenga that she needs to make a booster for Spock because it's gonna wear off way quicker than she anticipated, and they need to have like a very specific genetic match. And wouldn't you know it, one of those guys does. Thank goodness it worked out that way. <laughs> um, it's not the
1: first one. No, you know. it's not the
0: first one. Never. There's, there's it has gotta be some, some... Some Never uh... the first one. It's <laughs> always the last one. Yeah. Just when the, the timer's about to drop to zero and mm-hmm. figure out which wire to cut. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: it's uh, the blue wire.
0: It's always gonna... Well, I don't but always. But it's usually the blue wire. Um... So they these guys wake up and uh, one of them escapes. He runs out of sickbay because he's terrified. He's been kidnapped by aliens, basically. And uh, Chapel and Benga call it a Delta Seven, which I didn't even know there was a code for that, but there is. <laughs> so the Enterprise tells our crew on Kylie Seven, you have to wait before you go in the building. Like you're you're not going to pass the retina scan, but they're already like, they've shown their badges. They got to keep going. They can't back out now. They're committed to this. And it's like, well, you better figure something out quick because we have to go inside the building now. Um And Dr. Mbenga wants the transporter chief to be, this is, this is wild to me to beam an eye, an eye salve or some eye drops. Like on to Spock's eyeball. That's where they want the transporter to go. And, I mean, of course they do it because it's the only thing that'll work and they have to do it.
1: But, I mean, that's wild! You you have (laughs) not seen this happen before or after because both Scotty and and o'brien know that if they do too much people are going to ask too much of them that is an excellent (laughs) point
0: you know that is you always you can't do too much and you always have to um tell them it's going to take twice as long to fix it that way you can look like a miracle worker yeah
1: i don't think i i can't say that i ever remember o'brien ever you know having the the scott sort of line like that but i feel like he was in the same sort of thing you know
2: yeah, yeah the, the one they had with the the, the episode relics with, mm-hmm. with Jimmy doing when he's talking to LaForge. forge uh, how long did you tell him how long did you tell him it would take two hours how long is it going to take you two hours oh no you never do that <laughs> <laughs> you know? you'd never tell him how else exactly. are you gonna become a miracle? You thought him as a miracle worker. <laughs> exactly. I love <laughs>
0: Mr. I. Oh God, I love Scotty. He's just the best. Oh man. Um. Uh, I mean, okay. So yeah, they do this incredibly wild transporter thing where they beam met eye drops, an eye salve right onto the eyeball, and it takes immediate effect. And they pass the retina scan. Uh, okay, you know what? I will whistle past the graveyard on this one too. I'm just gonna keep on going because, you know, we gotta suspend some disbelief here. But, but before all of that, there's a really great scene here where Chapel is chasing the guy through the, the the ship and she's trying to catch him and (laughs) he makes his way
2: onto the turbo lift. It's just fun. It's just a, it's just a fun, you know what I mean? We, We haven't got many of these scenes. In any of these shows, no. like so serious, you know, and she, yeah. when she's running, she's like, "Stop!" Oh, and he gets in the turbo lift, and she's like, uh,
1: yes!" I love how she was so excited to get to trace after him. Yeah, she's like, "Oh,
0: he's me the jumps." Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> he was so excited Please. to chase her down. Oh.
1: It's like I feel like Yakety Sax should have been playing, or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's
0: so true. Well, I also love how she's like. This isn't what it looks like. And then he's like, Oh, ah! well, maybe it is what it looks like. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, so um he stumbles into the turbo lift and Uhura is there, and she's just like, Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's he's terrified. She could see that, right? She she could see that this guy is terrified. He clearly doesn't belong on the ship. She knows that. And she tells him. Well, we're headed to the, we're headed to the back tack. And she's like, that's the bridge. That's like on your game on, on your planet, tag ball. Where's the back tack? The person who makes all the decisions. And she has this full on conversation with him about a specific game that she's never played or heard of before this mission. And he's talking about the best game he ever went to and the best scores. It was like, and she passed herself off as like, Oh yeah, I know all about that stuff. And it was in the effort to keep him calm and to keep him from freaking out because this was a terrifying experience for him. And honestly, this little scene is one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode. And it really is just because they showed this side of Uhura where she was just, where she was really shining with her communication skills. And it's not just, you know, hailing frequencies open. It's, it's, the way she communicates, how she talks, the way that she expresses her thoughts and lets other people feel comfortable expressing theirs. I thought it was a great little
1: scene, and I I I, I really liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was one of my favorite scenes of the whole thing. Uhura is a very iconic character. Sure. For, you know, so many reasons. And then, you know, you have Nichelle Nichols pl- had played her, and she's – she's just got this sort of, I don't know, like the it about her, you know what I mean? Like she's like, like you want to gravitate to her. You want to look at her when she's on the screen, you know, and it's not just because she's gorgeous. And like, I feel like this scene, let this actress fill those shoes and also do more for the character than she actually mm-hmm. got to do most of the time.
0: Yes. Yeah. I, I really like how, how you said that. I think uh, I totally agree with you. I think it was a great character moment for this character and a great moment for this actress to really show her her ability and and what a great way to bring this legacy character and give her so much give her more to do yes. than 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 what she did. Yes, her role was groundbreaking and yes, no one will ever take that away from her and no one should ever take that away from her and but they didn't give Uhura a lot to do. Um, for you know for. Obvious reasons. She's a woman, and she's a woman of color. Like they wanted, you know, who got all the lines? You know, the 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 white guys got all the lines, and the women were usually relegated to the back. But here we see, even just on the bridge alone, yes, you've got Captain Pike, but then you've got two women at the helm. You've got Lon. You've got Number One. You've got Uhura. You've got five women on that bridge with him. And Spock, and I, it's done so subtly, but there is an incredibly large female presence in this show. Uh, and it takes nothing away from Pike. Absolutely nothing. Cause this, is, this to me is the Captain Pike series and, and it, it will always be that. But I thought it was such a great way to show that you can have a large female presence in a show. And the sh not take away from the main character and the story that they're gonna tell about him. And I yeah, this was one of those moments for me that uh of what she was able to do in this moment as that character. Back to our heroes on the planet. Uh they've gotten past security thanks to the incredible transporter thing they were able to do. <laughs> um they're riding in an elevator down to the lower levels, that's where Una is. Um I kind of love that, um, on other planets, they also too have elevator music. but just, I don't know. That just made me feel like, you see, we're not that, they're not that dissimilar at all. We all have ter- terrible elevator music on our <laughs> planets. <laughs> um, we see Spock's ears are fluctuating. They're trying to go pointy again. Uh, which one of the women on the elevator notices. And, um, uh, so they're getting off the elevator and Pike is like, your ears and, and Spock is like, it is incredibly painful, Captain. <laughs> it's such a Vulcan thing.
1: Yes. It's incredibly painful. So Vulcan. Oh, I'm in excruciating pain. I am in excruciating pain, Captain. Uh, <laughs>
0: it's quite unbearable. No, it's like- <laughs> uh, so they finally find Una, and thank God those two other people are with her, because if not, fuck them. And, uh,. They are they're sort of they're injured, they've got some broken bones maybe, but nobody's critical. Una recognizes La'an, and Pike is like, Oh, you didn't know I didn't know you two knew each other. And La'an says something how Una helped her when she was in a bad situation, and then she tells Pike, you know, I should have told you and Pike's like, Well, we'll talk about that later. Um so they start to make their escape. I love that Spock is like, oh, it's fortunate that no one's here. And Una's like, don't jinx it. <laughs> and of course, he jinxed it and <laughs> people show up. Uh, and th- 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 this, this, this is a great scene. Spock then tells Pike that the pain is unbearable. He covers his ears and lets out the loudest yell. I mean, he just, ah, he just screams out how much pain he's in. And uh when he picks his head up, uh he is once again Vulcan. All of those genetic changes are gone. He is clearly an alien. So they subdue the scientists. They get in the elevator. And this is really where we finally get sort of the answer to the question of where these people got the warp technology. Pike asks Una, how did they get this? She doesn't want to talk about it in front of lawn because she doesn't have a security clearance and he's like screw that just tell me and it turns out they got it from the federation because when in discovery when they created that wormhole uh it was such a huge event that it could be seen from many planets with their with their telescopes and they saw the whole thing happen and they were basically able to reverse engineer a matter-antimatter reactor, and that's how they made a warp bomb. So, so much for the Prime Directive. Mm. Yeah, right. Like they. The what? The what? Rebecca? Oh, excuse me. The uh, um, the excuse me.
1: The General Order One. Yes. Po- oh, okay.
0: I, I misspoke. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> I think you can. I think you know the future, though. All of like these other other beings saw this happen, and then yet they're supposed to keep it quiet and not let other, you know, like other people in the federation aren't supposed to know.
0: Yeah. It's it's like the worst kept secret, right? Because all of these planets saw it. Like, how are you going to keep a secret like that? Oh, it's going to be super ultra duper mega classified. Only like five people can look at it. And then, but then 800 planets are like, Oh, but we totally saw it. So whatever. (laughs) Like, so it's kind of silly. Um, I kind of, I do like this. I do like this reveal here that it's the Federation that's responsible here. You know, they they created this wormhole in the effort to save, you know, countless lives. and, And they did. But at the same time, they also exposed you know, more primitive cultures to technology that they should not have been exposed to. And it has negatively impacted their world. Now they've built a warp bomb, which they're like going to drop on their enemies and be like, that'll show you to protest. And, and Pike is like, we have to fix this. Like we have to do something because people have already died and more people are going to die. Um, And I like how, you know, Una's like, oh, no, but General Order won, and, and he's like, uh, I think we're a little bit past that at this right. point. oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like in Picard, where they're like, oh, but we can't contaminate the timeline. Well, I, I'm pretty sure you've done that a lot of times over, so maybe let's not worry too much about it right now. <laughs> we got yeah, bigger fish so, to fry. We got, we got bigger fish to fry. But yeah, so basically pike is like i'm not gonna go back till we can fix this he sends everybody else back to the enterprise keeps spock with him uh and he wants spock with him because he's obviously an alien and he wants to use that which i thought was pretty smart and uh i like when they get up like basically to like the lobby level there's security just waiting for him (laughs) and pike says take me to your leader (laughs) what a great line right that's awesome. what the aliens always say, "Take me to
1: your leader." Cuz he was like excited to get to say it, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, which he was is very great. Cuz you know, we were all excited leader. to get to hear him say it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh so now we get a scene where like Pike is basically talking to I guess like the the president, the prime minister, the leader, whatever of this government and uh he basically is like kind of laid out what's happened. And she's like, well, I am sorry, but I just cannot – I have an itchy trigger finger, and I just cannot wait to drop this bomb on a bunch of people. So I am still going to do that. And I like how Pike – he's throwing out, like – he's telling her this African proverb of, like, when elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. And I was like, does she know what an elephant is? You're talking about a creature on a foreign world to her. I, I – I – Uh, what does that mean
1: what does that mean (laughs) it's totally like um here we go here's another one of my references in the marvel tv show loki and he says something about a fish because i don't want to spoil that for anybody and the guy goes what's a fish yes what's a fish
0: (laughs) yeah i know i just had to laugh because i'm like i understood that proverb very well but if a a a, a being that's never been to Earth and doesn't have the equivalent of an elephant, I mean, what what does that mean to her? But she apparently seemed to grasp the meaning of the proverb and, uh, she's like, you're giving me proverbs, what I want is a big stick, and that's what I have here in this bomb, it's a big stick, and I'm gonna use it. Um, I like how, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she's gonna, she's gonna lock up Pike and Spock, but before she can do that, Pike, uh, Uh, he calls up to the Enterprise uh, through like an emergency message he tells them to drop into low orbit and show them what you got and that's what they do the Enterprise drops into low orbit clearly visible in the sky Um, gorgeous right looking up and seeing the Enterprise right there I mean beautiful and uh, Pike says that now he has the biggest stick and I was like, "Oh my George Decay moment there," <laughs> just a little bit. Um, I, I mean, it's it's a gutsy move, it's a bold move, it's a move that they're not supposed to do. But at this point, the damage has been done, and and I mean, anything Pike does in the effort of undoing it, I think in his mind is like it's justified. And as we see, you know, towards the end of the episode, I mean, he's kind of right. He he. Basically, does seem to avert a disaster on their planet.
2: Um, this is what captains of enterprises of all time, every time period, this is what they do.
1: This is what that's, they. Do. That's
2: why they com- That's why they command the Enterprise.
0: You're exactly right. This is why you get the Enterprise because you're this type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, I like so. So back on the Enterprise, they're, they're discussing what's going on on the planet, and uh, La'on is talking about that. Not believing you're going to die is what gets you killed. And Pike is like, what does that mean? And so she talks a little bit about her experience. Now, what she's gone through with the Gorn, how, like, the Gorn basically got their ship. She said she saw her friends and people she loved and cared about, that they were basically being cut open to be eaten alive. That's terrible. Or to be used as breeding sacks. Also terrible. And she says that the one thing that they all felt in that moment right before their death was surprise because they couldn't imagine dying. And so for her, it's don't ever fall into that trap. Don't ever believe that you're not going to die because that's how you get yourself killed, which is a very smart thing. And it's probably why she's so good at security. So, Mm -hmm.
1: Well, besides her um, super
0: soldier oh yeah
1: serum but,
0: powers for sure no for sure uh besides the super soldier serum yes that's also why she's so good at security um so pike's like i got an idea he's going to access the historical database um so th- this next scene i think i think joe you would agree with me and th- this is like the most star trekiest star trek Moment mm-hmm. in Star yeah. Trek, like it's very Star Trek. Um, so
2: uh, we see like this the, is a this is a, this is a speech talking to a fictional society, but it's talking to us.
0: Oh yes, this is meant for us, but it's told through the guise of I'm telling this to another species because we've solved all our problems over here. <laughs> you know, two civil wars and three world wars later, we got it. We're okay now, but. These people know. Whoa, what a mess. Um, so he sh- he shows them what Earth looks like in his time, right, at that moment. It's very peaceful. The oceans are blue. Everybody seems to be happy. Everything's great. Um, and then he says, well, this is how it looked in the 21st century. And may I just point out that the first thing he shows that's problematic is a fucking Trump rally. And I'm just saying – thank you star trek i'm sorry to anybody actually i'm not No, i was like are you really no you're not i'm really not you can get off you don't have to listen to our show i I don't care uh it's a problem that clearly will lead to the next civil war but i mean yes there's other things that they show i know but they started with that one i just wanted to point that out um and he talks about how these riots and stuff it led to what they called the second civil war and then it led to the eugenics war and then it led to world war three and um, this is actually an interesting point so apparently in star trek lore and canon they've often talked about a you know fictional world war three that happened but they never sort of commit. they never put down any numbers like of how many people died and, and Or anything like that. Apparently, this is the first time in Star Trek canon that they have put numbers to who and what died in World War III. So, Pike says that they destroyed 600,000 species of animals and plants and killed 30% of the world's population. Which... I, that's huge. I was like, "Oh fuck." That's gigantic. 30% of the world's population was killed in this fictional World War 3, and they killed off 600,000 species of animals and plants. It's absolutely a message for us of this is where we're headed uh, if we don't change things. Um and he's he's showing this this uh these explosions that are happening all, all these big cities. And he says, you know, it started with one explosion and then another in all these countries. And he's like, this was our last day. And he's like, if you guys keep going the way you're going, because you seem intent on killing yourselves, you're going to have the same kind of last day. And he says, tells him about how he was granted a vision of his own future. Um, and that he's learned that life is to be worn gloriously, and the future is what we make it. And I don't know about you, but I, like, wanted to stand up and salute. I just felt so moved. Like, it, it was, if there was a real Starfleet, that would, that should just be the recruitment speech. Because... How could you not want to be a part of an or of a thing that felt that way? Life is to be worn gloriously. The future is what you make of it.
2: I and mean it's, it's, just, and, also, it's just, and also it's just the way that he presents this scene, you know, and and kinda of matter of fact, you know, saying, you know, you're you're about to do it, you know? You've got the power to literally destroy yourselves and by all looks of it, you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And and just just the way that he such a good actor, just the way he flows, you know, through this scene and, you know, kind of gets the deadly seriousness of it across. Um, But he's like, you know, destroy yourselves. Don't I mean, it's it's really mm-hmm. it's really your choice type thing. And it's, this is what Star Trek's about. Yeah. So uh, it's just I, I think I've watched that scene four times. I just kept going back. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what?
0: Well, and, and he he presents it to them as like you can you know you can go to war and you can kill each other, or you could join a federation of planets mm-hmm. and you could reach for the stars. And I and certainly like it's not a threat like join us or else because even if they don't join a federation they might still work their problems out and say well no we don't want to join you but we'll still figure out our own stuff and and, and they might very well do that you know if if they if they can get it together but it's presented as like um join us because then there's even more opportunities for you guys to figure out your problems and and, and And that's exactly what we see like we see like in, in in a classroom they're like learning about new things and they're they're showing the differences in the anatomy between like vulcans and 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 the people of of Kylie and then um like they're embracing all this new stuff and it unifies or it seems to unify the planet um at least for now and and they're they're ready to sort of grow up as mm-hmm. a people and not try to kill
1: each other this bit could have gone a different way where they could have it could have brought them all together and they were doing all this in order to destroy their enemies mm-hmm. you know but obviously we know by the the facial expressions and the and the music that's playing that that's not what's going to happen but it's like if it were the Borg, well, yeah, no, well not you, anymore. Also,
2: <laughs> you also remember uh so and I've meant to like post this in our Picard cast group of like let's let's list some of these un, under the radar next generation episodes. And one of them, I, I I think it's called Symbiosis. It's about the drug addicts, you know, and oh, people yeah, yeah, yeah. supplying it. And you get the whole episode. And at the at the end, you, you get kind of kind of the opposite of this as far as. You know, we, we don't help them. And, and Beverly's like, you know, we could have helped them. And he's like, for, but could we really? And for how long? He's like, you know, it's, you know, that the, the prime directive isn't, you know, a set of rules. It's like, he says it's a philosophy. He says, mm-hmm. you know, every time we try and inject ourselves onto another culture, it, it ends in failure. And she's, she's like, well, you know, what's going to happen with this? He's like, we may never know. It's just, one of those things you have to let them decide, you mm-hmm. know, so it it's so it can go. Star Trek's so great because it can go both ways. And that's mm-hmm. like that's an episode you really never hear anybody talking about. But it's one of those episodes. It's a pretty good episode. But it's that, that last three minute scene that cements it, mm-hmm. you know, Um and that's that's why i love star trek that's
0: a really you know i'm that's a really interesting point that that you bring up joe because that episode is i i don't think that's high on like anybody's list of like favorites um because it's basically like a like a, it's almost like a just say no to drugs episode oh my gosh i, I
2: it's, mean it's when they re- when they realize that it the people aren't sick and that they are they're drug you know, addicts they they're, they're drug addicts because the you know the the upper class is, is perpetuating it. And, and basically, you know, they're the upper class because this other part of society just is addicted. It's really, it's really, I mean, like creepy, you know, as far as like, cause that's a, that's a parallel to things, you know, with, you know, people who are you know addicted and people keep them addicted and things like that. So, and then, but you just, again, you get that, was that a? That was a season one episode.
0: It was a season one episode. That's
2: one of that's one of the better season one episodes, to be honest with you, if you think about it.
0: And it's got two actors in it who were previously in Star Trek films.
2: Yes. Yeah, which is uh interesting. Yeah. The dude, the, um, well, the dude, the one, the the one dude who is the the male upper society one is like Khan's first officer. Right hand man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Like I, shall a... I shall avenge. I oh.
0: shall you. And then one of the drug addicts is the actor who played David Kirk's son.
2: That's right.
1: Yes, that's right. Yeah. But I love how Star Trek reuses actors for other characters mm-hmm. all the time. Like they'll do, you know, they'll bring people back to be be the same character if they can. But they mm-hmm. also, you know, like to use the same. It's just, and it's not just like one showrunner or anything. It's a, it's a very star trekian thing to do oh
0: yeah i I do enjoy that as well like hey you were previously an alien on that other show i remember yeah it definitely and, and like when you watch that episode and you you see beverly's point why don't we just tell these people you're not sick You're addicted to this drug that these people have been peddling to you for a million years or whatever to keep you enslaved to them. I I would have done that. I would have done that in a second. (laughs) But yet you also see Picard's point of view of like, we can't interfere. This is how their society has developed. We can't come in here and shove our morals down their throat and go, Mm -hmm. what you're, how you're living is wrong. And you should live our way because that's not right either. It's such a complex issue and drug addiction and, and the socioeconomic, everything that goes with it is an incredibly complicated discussion. But this discussion, too, in, in this episode of Strange New Worlds is also a complicated discussion. These people are protesting. The government doesn't like that they are protesting against them. They're they're. There's violence on both sides. Both sides see themselves in the right. Where is the solution? And the government is like, I know, let's drop this big fucking bomb on these people and that'll show them. And it's like, that's not going to work at all. (laughs) And to them, this is the answer. I've got a big stick. Now you're going to shut up and listen to me. And yet they needed, yes, the bigger stick to show up and unify them to be like, hey, maybe instead of hitting each other with sticks, how about we put our sticks down and and learn to work together? And yes, it's sort of a very happily ever after ending in a way, but it's a very Star Trek ending where it's sort of like, if we just sit down and talk about it, we can work it out. And that is really what Trek, I think, has tried to do from the very beginning, is use your words, not your fists, Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But when it works, it's really good. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. good. And you feel happy about it. Basically, these people seem like they're going to join the Federation at some point. They're going to get their act together. Enterprise goes back to Starbase 1. Admiral April is like, I had to fight for them not to prosecute you for violating General Order 1. Um, But he did finally get to see what the whole classified stuff was about. And uh basically, he used he said this whole thing creates a loophole that they could sort of slip through. If Starfleet can't ever acknowledge what discovery did that they even existed, then they can't acknowledge how this planet got warp technology. Uh, it's a loophole and enterprise just slip right through and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Admiral April says they're, they're going to change the name of general order one to the prime directive. And Pike says, That'll never stick. So we get a really nice scene here with Lon and Pike. Lon tells Pike that surviving this Gorn situation that she was in, she was like the only survivor. She tells him about the Gorn have this tradition. If you survive, if you're the last survivor. They stick you in a ship and send you out to space to die. That sounds terrible. But uh, that's their tradition. And... um that's where Una found her. Una was serving on another ship. She found her floating in space, and she helped her get back home. And Lon, you know, of course, never forgot that. She said she was the reason she joined Starfleet, and she didn't want to tell Pike because she felt like if you knew my personal connection, maybe you wouldn't let me come on this mission, and I really wanted to come on this mission. And Pike is very understanding; he gets it. I like the little story he tells her about the origin of the starbase they're at, Starbase One, that basically you know they sent up all of these seeds and almost like a Noah's Ark kind of thing up into up into the up into space to preserve things so that humans couldn't blow everything up and uh it just it grew it just grew and grew and grew and then they couldn't bring it back cuz it was too big so they built a star base around it and called it Starbase 1 and it's a little sort of slice of of earth up in space I've, I enjoyed that story very much. I thought it was really nice. <laughs> and so he invites her to be part of his crew, a mission on the Enterprise. She, of course, accepts. And we get finally at the very, very end of Captain's Log. Very exciting. Captain's Log, starting 2259.42, which is April 5th, 2325 at 4.31 p.m. Pike says, the dust and sky are my hearth. And the enterprise is my home. And I don't know, I, I, can, can Anson Mount write a poetry book or something? I'd listen to him read it. He's so, I am enjoying all of these lines that he's throwing out here.
2: You love him.
0: I do. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I would lower my shields for
2: Captain mm-hmm. Pike.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> lower your shields. I'd lower my
1: shields. Um I mean anyway <laughs> just the hair alone. Oh the, he's the got transport hair into, ever.
2: transport into my pants. <laughs> transport into my pants. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Incoming message, Captain. <laughs> okay, I have to stop now. It's getting it's getting late and I'm being ridiculous. Okay, so we're finally <laughs> on the bridge one last time and Lieutenant Kirk arrives. But guess what, everybody? It's not Jim Kirk. It's Samuel Kirk. And those of you may remember, Sam Kirk is Jim Kirk's brother, who was mentioned exactly one time in all of Star Trek that I can remember, Mm -hmm. Operation Annihilate, from the original series, season one, episode 29, Sam Kirk. Is Captain is is played by William Shatner with a fake mustache, and
1: I am not making that <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> I do not I remember not that episode, meta. but that is the best thing.
2: It's a dead, it's like a corpse on the ground. I mean, it's like for yes. two seconds, so like, oh my god, it's it's a really bad oh, no, mustache. He's hurt, and he
1: said, "It looks like me, but with a mustache." But I thought that like that should have been the mirror universe version, you know, like how Spock's got the goatee, right?
0: I know. Spock has to go to you. That's how you know he's evil. Uh, yeah. But okay. So in that episode, we, we, at that point in the future, Sam Kirk is living on Denova 4, I think. And that's when they're attacked by some uh, unknown monster at the time. And, um, by the time they show up, Sam is already dead. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Sam has already died. Um, Sam leaves behind a kid, Kirk's nephew, who also we never see again. What the fuck did Kirk do with his nephew? He, he stuck him in a shuttle and said, good luck. I have no clue, but this is Sam Kirk, Jim Kirk's brother, a very interesting choice. I'm not sure where they're going with it, but I am along for the ride. And, uh, as the ship is getting ready to go out on their mission, Pike, he says, their mission is to explore, to boldly go where no one has gone before. And uh, at the very end, we do see an Andorian officer beam aboard the ship. I'm very excited to get some more Andorians back in Star Trek.
1: We haven't had them really submitted. Did you a say prime. some Morian-Dorians? More
0: Andorians. I need to enunciate okay. better. More <laughs> Andorians.
1: More um, Andorians. More Andorians. I do have a comment about Kirk's nephew. He is probably yeah. wherever... Picard's brother went. <laughs> I think we got Rebecca on that
2: one. <coughs> I, to, I took a sip of water.
1: I, I'm so I'm sorry. I didn't that's know hilarious. you were
0: taking a girl. No, no, no. It's fine. I. You know what? I'm going to
2: beam something uh, right into your throat to calm uh, call it. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, instant relief. Wow. That, amazing. Thank you, Joe.
1: Joe, that's why you're the best. I know. Oh my
0: gosh, He's, uh, his nephews were ever, his brother brothers. Oh my god, hilarious.
2: Oh my goodness.
0: That's our episode. That is our episode. Did Lots you of up, stuff. Did,
2: did you look, I, I, did you see the, it was dedicated to April Nakafora at yes. the end? Yeah, so uh, I, I didn't know, um... But yeah, she she I guess in December she passed away from cancer and
0: she did she, unfortunately a, a yeah. lot
2: of Star Trek episodes Discovery everything. oh yeah
0: yeah she was heavily involved in a lot of the Star Treks that were coming out yeah and unfortunately she passed away last year I did I thought that was very sweet they dedicated the episode to her um which was which was very very beautiful. And, uh, gosh, I don't know, so much in this episode, lots of character moments, lots of really great emotional beats. I, I just feel like if every episode is like this, I, I can't imagine not just falling in love with every single person on this cast. I mean, they've just set, set us up to love this show and I, I'm so happy about that.
2: Yeah. And, and like I was talking about before the, this season on strange new worlds and you get a bunch of you know bits and pieces of upcoming episodes and comet crashing into a planet and strife with other aliens mm-hmm. and all those other things so looking really looking forward to the the week to week format and expanding on you know given each one of these characters you know some uh time to develop and mm-hmm. you know pay off some of this backstory stuff because I think even um like the doctor. You know, had to, there was a line that he had to certify La'an for duty, so he knows her back, you know what I mean? So he knows more about her, and Mm -hmm. it's just, there's a a lot of things that could come into play.
1: Oh, yeah. I have to say that this season on thing that made me the happiest is, like, they got hit or something, and they all did the sort of, like, old-school, like, (laughs) shit. And that made me so happy. That's great, yes.
0: So, any any other thoughts or or comments
1: or anything before we wrap up our episode tonight? I'm, ex- I mean, I'm excited for the rest of the season.
2: Awesome. Just about, just to say the same thing. I think it was just a, a great start to the episode. Yeah. Picked up, you know, the characters that we knew of from Discovery, and then added a bunch of new characters. And like I said at the beginning, in the limited time, a bunch of them were on screen. I just I. I just like him already I have good casting and some you know fun funny funny lines funny moments like you said the you know when you talk about her like nurse chapel like smiling like like she's got to chase this guy around the ship it's just fun stuff like that and that's you know star trek is serious and star trek is action and all that but it's you, you got to have fun too so i'm i'm just for happy. sure awesome well
0: uh I am too I'm very excited for the rest of the season and um yeah so we will be back week to week uh covering uh the episodes as they drop and um yeah so I thank you everybody for listening thank you Joe once again for joining us thank um you for having me. two in a row of course. yeah uh, and just in case uh people are joining us for the first time and don't know you from our cast episodes, where can everybody find you if they want to hear more from you or interact with you online? Well,
2: uh, David Duncan and myself, we do a semi-regular podcast called Vintage Geeks. And mm-hmm. we talk about the things we've watched, uh, you know, Marvel, DC, um, any, you know, movies that we've seen in theaters. We discuss that. So we just have fun just talking about that type of stuff. So if you enjoy that, we're on Apple and Google and Anchor and all those. So vintage Geeks.
0: Very nice. Yeah, definitely please check out Joe's show, Vintage Geeks. And um yeah, uh for all the pop culture stuff, uh Star Wars, Marvel, DC as he said. So And I can um, throw
2: in air I can throw in more airplane references on our show too. So Okay. Well that that's
0: good. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you also, Brooke, uh, for recording, editing, and posting our episodes. You're the best.
1: Aww. And
0: we appreciate you. Um, and until we see you next time, keep boldly going where no one has gone before. See ya. The podcast is hosted by Rebecca
1: and Brooke. You can find us at facebook.com slash picardcast, on twitter.com at Picardcast, or email us at picardcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and boldly go where no one has gone before.